Spoiler alert, there are quite a few passionate tears shed throughout this episode, and I don't doubt that if you make it through to the end, you will get tired of hearing my voice. But together as Harmony Nima, we want to thank you so much for your love and support throughout this season. But if there's one episode that we would love for you to take the time to listen to and digest the most, it would be this one. So without further ado, here's the finale to season two. Hey, this is Alexis. It's Fatty, y'all. This is Vika. It's Sean. Hey, this is Lonnie. And, and we're Hamoni Nima. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Said What I Said with Hamoni Nima. My name is Alexis, and I will be your host this week. Unfortunately, this episode is a little heavier than anything else we've previously recorded. There's a lot of pain and anger in our country right now. And we've spent the past week trying to digest and make sense of everything that's happening. We've decided to peel back the curtain this week and speak about racism in America and the Black Lives Matter movement. But before we get started, I did want to welcome my vocally empowered co-hosts and our special guest this week, George. Say what's up, y'all. Good morning. Hi. All right. Um, Also, before we dive into everything... I did want to put a disclaimer out there and tell everyone listening right now that everything that we discuss and share here are personal views, opinions, and experiences that we individually share. Our words should not reflect or define the same views as all Tongans, Polynesians, or Americans just in general. Uh, So please respect our First Amendment right to do so. Yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> George, who is joining us, is Vika's husband. And um, yeah, he will be the fifth member this week. So with that being said, we are going to get started with Black Lives Matter. And what is Black Lives Matter? It's actually an international humans right, human rights movement created by the African-American community. It's a campaign against violence and systemic racism. So in other words, racial profiling, racial injustice, and racial inequality for basic human rights. Um, That is the definition of Black Lives Matter. But what I want to know is what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? I think what it doesn't mean is um, all lives don't matter. Because I think people are getting confused thinking that we are making Black people seem more important than other races. But right now, it's Black lives are the reason, are the ones who need the help. Um, But some people are getting, uh, are thinking that we are pushing aside other races, which is what Black Lives is, Black Lives Matter is not. Right. Very true. Very true. I agree. Like, that's a great um, definition of addressing what the opposition usually is when people are, you know, when we're stating Black Lives Matter, like Fatty was saying, we're not meaning that the other races don't matter as well, but those that need the help the most right now and are hurting the most and have gone through hundreds of years of oppression and hurt and racism and slavery and injustice, that's what we're we need to stop like it needs to be uh, 
taken out of our it's it's bred into our society so deeply that people still can't comprehend it and see it uh and and it's on us to bring it to light um through this movement uh, this current current phase uh because you know black lives matter has been around for how many years now that we've been seeing it that that people that murders keep happening injustices keep happening and, and then we see it and we see it and then it, it goes you know the mm-hmm. the trend kind of dies off and then uh, another death happens and 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 then it, it sparks up again but now it's it's more strong than ever and and i've noticed that now more than ever more people of other races and other skin colors have been involved and it's it's been amazing to see that, you know, it's it. People are starting to wake up and realize, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what is going on in our country? And this is disgusting, and it's wrong. And it these are brothers and sisters, you know. At the end of the day, and like we can't continue to let this linger within our homes. That's where it starts. And anyway, so yep. No, that that is that is exactly what that's exactly how I view it as well. And I think something that you said kind of caught my attention is that people that don't understand black lives matter, they think it's a trend. Like they think it's, mm-hmm. Oh, it's happening now. It'll, it, it'll, you know, it'll run its course soon, but right. that's just black lives matter is what our generation calls this movement. This movement has been going on for centuries. That's just what we have titled it as our generation um, starts to to move forward with the movement itself. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree, Sean. I feel like um, for me, again, I, I agree with what everyone has said here. Um, and, and mostly with like what Alexis said and how she said a lot of people think it's a trend or are, again, just waiting for this to go away. And Black Lives Matter, it... it even if it wasn't a hashtag or, or things like that, where I feel like Black Lives Matter is just a way for us to sum it up in a quick phrase just to get our point across. Just look at the words, read the word to say it. Black Lives Matter. And this is something that has been, that Black Lives, that Black people have been trying to tell us for centuries now, for decades, they just want basic human rights. And yeah. Yeah. And you know what I want to add? Um, a lot of people are assuming that the, this whole thing is uh, just because of George Floyd, but it's not just George Floyd. It's all of the people who were murdered um, and were treated unfair from the justice system. So it was a bunch of things building up and it wasn't just George Floyd. Period. Exactly. For me personally, when Trayvon Martin died, that is when I started paying attention, to be honest with you. When I think of Black Lives Matter, I think of Trayvon Martin. For me, it's because it hits so close to home. Uh, Trayvon Martin was killed in Sanford, Florida, and he was killed a few miles away from where I worked. And Sorry, y'all. It's all right, girl. Do you? It's fine. And um, the reason why I get so emotional 
is because he was just visiting his dad's fiance in their apartment complex. And um, one night he decided to go to 7-Eleven and get some snacks for um, himself and his friend. And on his way home, um, somebody in their neighborhood saw him, um, a teenage black man, a teenage black child. He was a teenager and thought that he looked suspicious. And so he confronted him and accused him of committing crimes in the neighborhood. Um, after confronting him, they got into a scuffle and George Zimmerman shot and killed Trayvon Martin. And he was acquitted and he got away with the murder. And um, that still doesn't sit right with me. As I mentioned before, he was killed in Sanford, Florida. I worked at, um, uh, I worked at FedEx. Uh, a few miles down the street of where he was shot and killed. And every morning before I go into, every morning before I went into work, I stopped at 7-Eleven. Wow. And I would get snacks for my work day. And um, I thought a lot about, you know, personal encounters that could have happened being a woman alone, a brown woman of color just going about her day. And that's when I started paying attention. And I'm going to continue to say his name because Trayvon Martin deserved better. He deserved justice. And, um, and that's why Black Lives Matter to me. Because I'm going to speak out and make sure that Trayvon Martin is not forgotten. I'm going to speak out and make sure that my Black family and my Black friends have a voice and that their kids have a future where they can travel and get snacks and walk around their neighborhood, jog around their neighborhood freely without having to look over their shoulder. Sorry, y'all. I know uh, we just got started with this episode, but. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alexis. I, um, I kind of wanted to get into a few of the murders that, that we've seen happening uh, more more recently with Ahmaud Arbery, who was killed in Georgia, and George Floyd that was killed in, in Minnesota. Um, what were your thoughts on hearing about their murders? Did you watch those videos where they were blatantly murdered? And and what did you guys think about that? Um, I did watch, I, I did not watch the video of Ahmaud, but I did watch the video of George Floyd. And, uh, that I, I had this, I don't want to watch this cause I know it's going to happen, but I need to watch this because this is what's happening in our nation. And I couldn't get through the whole thing. Um, I think The part where I had to stop was when he's yelling out for his mom. Um, You know, when a grown man is crying for their mom. They know that 
they have like that's your mom, you know. That's the deep the deepest connection that any human has. And in that the last moments of his life he knew he just wanted his mom. And um there's so much power in that. Yeah, he's just I I couldn't I can't keep watching after that because I'm like, this is disgusting. This is disgraceful. This is embarrassing. This is like and 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 how like how do how is this still happening? How and how can people still not see this? So it was hard. It was really hard for me to watch it. I, I couldn't even get through the whole thing, but it just it it really you know, I've I've always been for black, like you were saying, Black Lives Matter. Uh, I would say Black Lives Matter for me that when I very first uh, was was back when Trayvon Martin started. And I remember exactly where I was working. I remember watching it on the news during work. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. Like, you know, and then from there, every single incident that has happened since and still what has changed? You know, it's 2020 and we're watching this on yeah. live on, on someone's live that someone being murdered, cold blood murder by police brutality and mm -hmm. racism. And the thing is, everyone's thinking it. Is this just going to be another cops get away? Like they're just going to get away again because we've seen it so many times before already within this year alone. Exactly. So it's heartbreaking. I'd say I wasn't always a contributor or supporter of Black Lives Matter. And I guess my thought was similar to what they stand for, but like I, I was very much on the all lives matter. Like not that I felt like, you know, saying Black Lives Matter was putting down other races or, you know, creating injustice for others. Um, but rather, my thought was along the, the theory of like, in order to eliminate race, racism and, and bigotry, like we need to acknowledge that there are other races in this country and that it doesn't matter where they're from or what they look like or how they dress or how they act, but everyone should be treated the same regardless. Um, and that kind of stemmed from back when I lived in Honduras, I learned watching FIFA, actually, um, one of their like notable facts was America is the only country that calls African-Americans African-Americans um, or, or just black citizens African-Americans. And in France, you know, they're just called French people. Um, in Italy, they're Italians, but we're the only country that calls them African-Americans. And I, I, I thought that was, you know, maybe disrespectful to them I, obviously like i don't i don't know exactly what they want but um so that put me on this path of like mentally i was all lives matter we should not call them african-americans they are americans they're our brothers and sisters like we need to support them and i had been exposed to like some of the anti-black matters um media i would say uh where they would only show Black Lives Matter showing up for the police brutality aspects of it, right? Where there's fighting for justice in the sense of white violence against, you know, black, or white violence on blacks right. or um, other races against blacks. But then 
you know, black cops killing black citizens maybe wasn't as prominent in their media. And so that kind of warped my perspective and perception of kind of how these things were going down. And um, naturally seeing the Trayvon Martin case and all of the cases since then has kind of opened my eyes and especially being married to Vika that Black Lives Matters really is just, they are really, really suffering and need our help as a country to become equal with us. We need to stop this systematic racism um, and especially the police brutality. There's so much other things going on, but to me, that's kind of what opened my eyes and, and more than anything opened my heart to how I can contribute as a citizen. What things can I do as a half white, half Polynesian American citizen to support our black community to show that there are people who aren't racist. There are people who are fighting to get them the equality that they deserve uh, mm-hmm. without putting down other races, so to speak. Right. I think um, that made me think that made me think of how the media and white people they like to they like to single out the word black or black people when there's controversy or when there are accusations, but they don't want to single out black people when there's a movement. And I think that's where everybody has it wrong. Um, but but thanks for sharing that, George. That's um, that that was a great point and, and a great perspective. Um, at one point, uh, when Black Lives Matter started, I actually was a part of the All Lives Matter like m- mindset, and I think a lot of that came from me being really ignorant, and I didn't understand what Black Lives Matter meant, and you know, I'm not black, so I didn't, it didn't affect me. That's, that's what was going through my head. And I wish I wasn't in that mindset back then. I actually, um, I regret a lot that I, of how I used to think, but um, recent years where I realized that black people really weren't like being treated. And even me, a person of color, I still have more privileges than some black people, and I don't find it right. I don't find it. Uh, I mean, I don't have white privilege, obviously, but I I feel that I still have more privileges than some black people, and um, I don't get racial profiled, which is something that I am grateful for and thankful for, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the area that I live. But because it like doesn't affect me, um, I didn't. I, I didn't pay attention to Black Lives Matter back then. That's what was going through my head, and that's why I was for um, All Lives Matter. But I feel a lot of guilt for not um, supporting Black Lives Matter as soon as it started. Fatty, I, I, I do have a question. Um, do you feel like if you still lived, because for those of you that don't know, uh, Fatty was, was born and um, raised for a few years in Oakland, in Oakland, California. Do you think maybe your environment contributed to that? Or do you feel like maybe it just wasn't, you just weren't paying attention? Do you, what do you think contributed to that? I was, um, I was a lot like, I'm so immature, but I was a lot more immature back then. Um, I don't think Oakland 
would have uh, changed. Uh, I think I would still like feel the same. And the way my mind was set up, I don't think that I would have been able to like understand until I've just like matured up, to be honest. I was uh, really right. hard headed back okay. then. So I think it's also a point that needs to be a point that needs to be said is, you know, we, we also have a, a responsibility to to educate ourselves on on the matters that are going on. But no, I, I appreciate your, your perspective. It's OK to learn something new and unlearn like the things that mm-hmm. you used to believe in. And that's OK. And yeah, there's so many people that will, would criticize you for like folding (laughs) i feel which is just so weird because i feel like i see so many people who are like oh now you care oh you didn't feel that way Uh, more like unfolding like at least you have the perspective that you do now that you do now and that's all that matters is that it takes just a little bit of humility let people learn honestly like think of it in the perspective of the black community. Do you think that they're like, Oh, now you want to join us? Or do you think they're actually like, thank you for joining us? Like, thank you for now seeing and, and being becoming an ally. Uh, They'd rather be appreciative and grateful for you. Now what you we've realized uh, instead of pointing out the where were you back then because right now more than ever it's needed and I think that that's a message that a lot of people I know a lot of people that have felt like man I feel bad I didn't do anything before like I, I can't I just until now like they're they're finally starting to share things on social media there's there's they're speaking up they're doing things and like yeah. they you know, I'm just like, you, you can't beat yourself up because you, like Vicky, like you were saying, you unlearned things and you learned new things and you've opened a new perspective and you're seeing um, through their eyes and, and what they're suffering uh, and going through. And at the end of the day, they're going to be grateful for more allies than anything. Thank you, guys. But yeah, I uh, definitely agree. I just want to make it clear I am... Black lives, all four Black Lives Matter now. Hell yeah. Period. 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 The next topic that I wanted to get into um, is a little bit sensitive, but it, it, it needs to be discussed. And that's white privilege. And what is white privilege, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the actual definition of white privilege Uh, refers to the societal privilege that benefits white people over non-white people in societies, particularly if they are otherwise under the same social, political, or economic circumstance. Um, I've seen a healthy dose. Actually, let me, let me correct, (laughs) let me correct myself. I've seen an unhealthy dose of white privilege this week. And before I be, before I, I share my my personal experiences with that, I wanted to open I wanted to open it up to you all. Um, what does white privilege mean to you? Do you have white privilege? And um, yeah, share your experiences. Yeah, <laughs> if you'd like. Uh, so I actually, so yeah, I've thought about this a lot about some things that I have been privileged of just for being half white. 
Um, and for those listening, if you were to look at me, I am very, very fair skinned. Um, I take after my mother in most regards physically in terms of uh, skin complexion, um, hair color, etc. Body type. Body type. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a skinny white boy. Um, but then I feature heavily the features, the attitude, the mannerisms of my father, who's Polynesian. And, but just being white, um, especially physically, uh, some of the privileges that I've seen have been things as simple as I've been pulled over a multitude of times, driving all sorts of vehicles um, from nicer to beaters. Um, and each time I've had a very positive experience mm -hmm. with the police. Yes, I may have walked away with a speeding ticket or something, um, but my experience has been very much a positive one in the sense that I showed them my license, I showed them my registration and my insurance. They went to their car, they wrote me a ticket and I went about my way. Some other things that I've noticed is favoritism by teachers in school, where some of our minority classmates struggled heavily. Um, and for reference, I grew up in Austin, Texas, mostly, and then also here in Utah, um, where a lot of times racism was blatant. Black kids wearing athletic gear, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, etc., meant they played sports, not that it was comfortable clothes, um, asking, you know, football or basketball. Whereas me being a white boy wearing that, oh, you're probably rich. Your parents could afford that. Um, those are just like some oh, small okay. examples. Honestly, George, I, I didn't I didn't really think about that, to be honest. The the perspective of uh, growing up in school and, and having that favoritism towards teachers that have allowed you to probably further your education more along the way. Whereas in people and teachers are more hesitant to to help minorities or people of color for whatever reason. We'll we'll never know, but 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 we know. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I am half white. And I would I'm say so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. and I can say that I know that I because of that I have more privilege than anyone like people that are darker than me and especially the black community I know I have more privilege and I I understand that and I it's it's not fair I don't think it's fair uh, but growing up here I grew up my whole life in Utah and Utah Valley to be specific is very it's getting more diverse and that's mostly through college you know the colleges in the area but it's growing up it definitely was not e extremely diverse it was majority white good amount of hispanics mm -hmm. polynesians few blacks now the like I, I, like George was saying, I saw it in school where uh, there was more help. Uh, there was more, they were more prone to give help to, to other students or pay more attention to other students uh, than students of color. Or even there sometimes where I, being uh, half Polynesian, felt it that uh, we weren't, uh, we had a stereotype against you know, our ourselves, uh, 
as Polynesians. And um, anyway, the white privilege uh, to me, um, I don't know if you all have seen the Jane Elliott exercise. I'm sure uh, a, a lot of you have. It's been going around. Yeah, is she the um, mm -hmm. lady who teaches people about like racism? Yes. Oh, okay, I love her. Yes, and shows uh, and yes. she puts it in really, really good perspectives, right? Like uh, really mm -hmm. educational perspectives where uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way." Um, and basically, would you trade? Would you trade places with? You know, like it comes down to would you trade places with um, what uh, black the black community goes through. Would you uh, trade places with everything that they have to deal with? Um, I think one of the biggest things uh, to ask yourself is, do you feel afraid every day? Do you feel afraid to go out of your house and live your normal life every day? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't feel afraid, then you already have privilege. If you don't feel afraid to drive down the street and a cop is behind you and immediately think, am I going to die today? You have privilege because that is exactly what is going through many of the minds of, of the black community when they're in public or they're just trying to do something. And, you know, they, they, they get the wrong look and they're like, Oh no, keep cool. I don't want, you know, or if they get the, mm -hmm. someone's uh, staring at them and, and whispering things, you know, or, um, the cops behind them and they're sweating and they're, and they're like trying to keep cool. And, and yeah. And, right. and real fear. And um, so just again, ask yourself if it do, do you live in fear every day when you leave your house? And if you don't, you already are privileged. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I never thought about it like that. No, that that's very true. Very true. I feel like Sean, you like perfect and George, you guys perfectly stated those things. Anyways, I just wanted to share a video that I watched um, that's been going around. It's it's not new, um, but it was a video of Black parents teaching their kids um, No rush, Vika. Take your time. Does anyone guess what the video is? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it was black parents teaching their kids what to do um, in a situation when they um, um, it was them teaching their kids what to do um, when they confront or are confronted um, by a police officer. Um, I just want to, I just recommend everyone going and watching that video. Um, and you'll know that if you can't relate to any of those instances, or if you've never been given that talk by one of your parents, or again, like Sean said, if you don't, live in fear, um, you are privileged and it's not, it's not just white privilege. If you, if you are not dark skin, you, you have privilege. And so we'll, um, we, we'll leave 
I guess all the things that we reference, we can just leave in the description. Um, but you guys click on it and mm-hmm. watch it. For sure. We're going to make sure that everything that we're referencing in this episode is um, it is shared on Instagram, on Twitter, um, on our on our personal pages as well. We're really trying to educate ourselves, but at the same time, educate others. Um, so please, please watch uh, this video that that Vika's talking about. It it's really important to it. It really helps you put yourself into somebody else's shoes that has to deal with that has to deal with this on a daily basis. Um, I also want to encourage everyone, if you haven't watched Just Mercy or The Hate You Give, please, 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 while you're quarantining, um, trying to pass time, social distancing, these are some great movies that will help you get a perspective on why why all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. Does, does anybody else want to share anything? No, but I do on? have a question about that video. So the parents, they were teaching, these are black parents, right? Yeah. And they were teaching their kid kids, like what they should do in situations when they can encounter a cop. Yeah. So they, yeah. So um, exactly. They, one parent had kind of like a drill in that he's taught all of his kids um, and I think it was his eight-year-old daughter or so. She was super young. Um, he just had them. He just had her show them what to do when a police officer approaches you. Um, and she put her hands up and she said, my name is so-and-so. I am this many years old. I am unarmed. And that was like the gist of it. Um, wow. And again, the so fu- young. <laughs> and they also, sorry. They also shared experience, their experiences um, with cops. And I feel like that opened my eyes even more because it's it's not, it, I realized that it really is every black in America has these experiences or these like protocols for themselves or their families. And I feel like that was the most heartbreaking thing. Um, When dad shared how he was just like slammed on the ground in the mall because he fit a description and his daughter started bawling because like no one wants to think about that happening to your parent who is supposed to protect you and Mm -hmm. And being slammed by people who are supposed it's to protect them. Like exactly. That. And, and mm-hmm. that's just, that has to be such a helpless feeling. And it is not okay. The fact that they have to have that conversation with You're their right. kids is mm-hmm. sad. No, thank, thank you for, um, thank you. Thank you all for sharing your, your, um, your thoughts on that. The reason why I wanted to bring that up specifically um, is because I feel like when white privilege meets ignorance it turns into racism and for me personally i had who i had quite the discussion um this week for for those of you um, who participated in blackout tuesday you may have noticed a lot of black screens or, or um, black profile pictures posts kind of bringing awareness to just pausing our lives and and allowing resources and tools and um, just information supporting Black Lives 
matter and the movement, um, letting that kind of run its course with the attention in the media. I, I kind of want to start this off with um, me personally. I I grew up in Central Florida and I grew up in uh, in this small town um, in Daltona. And for the early years of my life, I, I grew up with a lot of white people that have deep Southern roots and their mentalities have been shaped in that way. I, I feel like a lot of their perspectives are what they've experienced and what they were raised on in their life. The reason why I say that is because one of my, one of my best friends is now a cop. And for me, I hold law enforcement to a higher standard. I personally respect those that put their lives on the line every day to protect us. And uh, my friend, Chris, he is, I, I've seen him do great things um, in, in the Central Florida community. Um, but on Tuesday during the blackout, he posted blue in support of law enforcement and police officers who supposedly, um, I'm just going to say it, he thinks that his badge is more important than Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Uh, I'm just going to bluntly say that because I, I had him confirm that to me when I um, decided to confront him and, and, and ask him what his views were on the matter and why he would feel the need of all days, of all days to post um, a blue picture. And um, in the comments, when I asked him that question, um, somebody named Andy Smith decided to uh, chime in and... I was defending the Black Lives Matter movement um, when Andy originally commented on my question to to my friend Chris, and somehow this turned into defending the murder of George Floyd. The comment that she that she put in response to mine, um, she said, "It's downright absurd to think this dude, referring to the police officer, woke up and wanted to kill a man." or do extra paperwork, or lose his career, property, everything, and be tossed in jail for the rest of his life because of his uncontrollable racism. That's why he kept doing what he was doing while recording, while knowingly being recorded because he is that much of a racist that he has to snuff that Black guy out right and right then and there, regardless of the consequences, right? He willingly killed a man on camera, you say. Come on, don't be obtuse. George Floyd was interacting with police because he broke several laws and was identified as the suspect by the shop owner who he just who, who he just robbed. Not because he was black or the police targeted him. It mostly sucks that the story turned out to be another stereotype all around. Wait, Alexis, that's, I that's think how your, I feel your screenshot of it cut off the last paragraph. This was my favorite. <sighs> Like can y'all can y'all believe that it gets worse than Go that? It, like, please read the last part of her. It, it's worse. Yeah, this this continues. Right. It, so she says, it, it at worst, so it was accidental that, manslaughter, contributing to and worsening a medical emergency that he did not create. At best, it's a fantastic coincidence. Past the medical and legal facts, any racial commentary is truly only included for one purpose. Can. What? <laughs> It sounds like she's trying to justify if killing. We're gonna say their names. If we're going, exactly. No, she, she, she did exactly. If we are going to say the names of those that are killed, I'm going to say the names of those that continue this racism on social media. If you know Andy Smith, get your friend. Please. Get your racist friend. 
because she's not making this any better. <sighs> yeah. And then she deleted that comment, but you know me, I always got receipts. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there were still people trying to later on in this thread defend what they what this person was saying. And they like legit still could not <laughs> could not see where we were coming from. But yeah, she she deleted it because she got scared because she knew what she said was wrong. And then when we called her out on it, she said she stands by it. But no, sis, you deleted it because you knew how stupid you look. Right. And if you follow us on Instagram, let me know if you just want me to share their profile and the rest of the whole thread. (laughs) (laughs) If you do not see what everybody in the world sees... Everybody that has common sense. The part you are a the part you said that the world sees. We have countries out here protesting for what's going on in America. You know, and and it happens in their own countries as well. But but it all sparked from you know it it's here. This is it's America. It's everyone is marching through their capitals in various countries across the world because they see the injustice that happens here all the time and also what happens within their own countries. But um, it just blows my mind that the world can see it. And yet we still have people with like Andy Smith. I mean, I feel like you could show racist, all racist people, all the evidence in the world and they're still going to be blind and they're still going to try justifying it. You can't justify murder. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's that's almost that's like crazy and to me to comp to try to comprehend that people can justify blatant racist murder right in front of the world. Like, and you're justifying it. The right. uh, a, a fantastic mm-hmm. coincidence. Let's call a it fantastic it coincidence. That's know, disgusting. Right? Exactly. To to that point, Sean, I, I'd say no human being ever should die in, in police custody. Right? Like, if if they do yeah. deserve the death sentence, it should be given through the judicial system. That's what this country was built upon. That's what it's based upon. Granted, we know there are obviously racially motivated people in in seats here in our government um, starting at the top and all the way down to local levels but it should be up to the courts and to the judicial system to decide whether or not a life should be taken um, or God by natural causes right it should never be mm-hmm. in police custody like he he was completely controlled yeah. by the police officers and died in in their hands that is as you guys have clearly stated, cold-blooded murder. I Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to Sean uh, and the how he said, again, we have other countries who are sticking up for American citizens. For, <laughs> they are standing up for American citizens because they're all tired of seeing this. We, again, we have France out there protesting. They are racist as hell out there. And there's still people there that can see what is so messed up with our systems here. And that just coming out of my mouth, I can already hear the arguments of people saying that I hate America by saying that. No, no, no. (laughs) I said what I said. And if you, again, I feel like they just try to like 
It's been true. Everything that you say, and mm-hmm. it's just it's another way of asking. Yeah. I mean, true. other countries stand up more for us than our president does. You but said it. The fact that more people literally listen and, and tried in to hear President Obama speak in itself just that speaks volumes. And that's why we're going to get into this a little bit later, but that's why we can't stress enough why voting is so important. And of course, we're going to get back into that a little bit later. But while we're on the topic of Facebook posts, um, we're just going to get into this because this is another heavy topic, but it's definitely one that needs to be shared and our voices deserve to be heard. We're going to be discussing racism within Polynesian, the Polynesian culture. The experiences that we that I will be sharing are from um, a Tolkien perspective. My sister Vika, she she shared a a controversial uh, opinion. For me, it's a fact. Um, but Vika, if you if you'd like to to share what you wrote, so on um, Tuesday, Blackout Tuesday, I don't know for whatever reason, I I felt like that day, I every day before then, I decided that I wasn't going to be arguing with people on the internet who are ignorant and will continue to just say things. And and that really just, at the end of the day, it really doesn't get us anywhere. But I just had so much, so many emotions. And so that day I just decided if I see something I don't like, I'm going to comment. Like on social media, I am going to say something about it directly, right? And so the whole thing with Andy Smith went down on, on Tuesday as well. And there were other people that jumped in. I jumped in on it. And again, they continued to miss the point of what I was saying and defend their racism, their blatant racism. Or later that day, we went out and we were able to attend a peaceful protest here in Orem. We were all there, minus Nane. He lives in Florida. so. But if he lived here, he would be there too. Period. Yes, yes, a peaceful protest. Emphasis right? on peaceful. Um, on my, we we created signs. We went out there. We were there for about three hours. Um, but my sign, I wrote, or I had my sister write uh, for me, <laughs> Tongans for Black Lives Matter. Um, after we got home, yeah, I'm like scrolling through social media, just you know the things that I do, and on it, I I saw that my relative i don't even know how she's related to me and i'm kind of ashamed to be related to her anyways (laughs) she had posted uh about the protest in orem and she just wrote that we all need to go home and be quiet and then hashtag all lives matter blah blah so then on it (laughs) there's just a lot of tongans talking trash about it and I commented on it and I'm like, no, we are here, even though I was already home. So (laughs) I'm like, no, we will stand out here because we are going to stand up for what is right because black lives matter. And I, if you don't know me by now, I, I don't shut up. If I want, if I have something to say, I will most likely say it. And so I'm like beefing with these old Tongan ladies on, (laughs) on Facebook and I'm trying to go to sleep, but I, just could not because here I was earlier in the day trying to school these white people 
who were trying to excuse the things that have happened to black or people of color here in America. Here I am trying to correct them when people in my own family share the same views as those white racist people. And I just had enough. So I, you know what I did? <laughs> I decided to post the picture of my sign and I kind of wrote like a controversial caption um, and that reads, it describes the picture first. So again, it's just me holding my sign that says Tongans for Black Lives Matter. Um, and the caption I wrote was, this picture will bother some Tongans. Why though? Because a good amount of them are racist, mostly the old ones. It will bother them because they don't believe Black Lives Matter. They will mask the racism by saying all lives matter. You can share all of the analogies in the world. You can say it in Tongan or English. You can read them a scripture. You can show them their Black Hafakasi family member. You can talk until you're blue in the face and, the, and they still won't fully accept that Black Lives Matter. They'll continue to fight back with All Lives Matter because they just ignored every single thing you just said because they've made up their mind. They're the problem. Everyone with their closed-minded mentality is the problem. Anyone refusing to say Black Lives Matter and combating it with All Lives Matter is the problem. It's so important to break this ugly cycle within our community and culture. Stand with the Black community and listen, then go out and do what they need you to do. Do more than just post on social media. Get educated, educate your family, donate, petition, get out and use your voice. But most importantly, vote. Vote for better leaders, vote for a better future for all. I'm grateful and proud to have been a part of the peaceful protest in Orem. I'll never stop talking about, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'll never stop speaking up for what is right. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Hey. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I went to sleep because I finally got that off my chest. And I slept great that night. And then when I woke back up, <laughs> y'all done put me in a bad mood again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I initially, once I woke up, I noticed a few messages that I got. And then I, I, I honestly got a lot of support. And still, what is that, three days, two days later, I still have a ton of support. Vika, how many, um, how many shares and how many, how many um, likes did you get? I'll be honest, I only liked it. Oh, hell no. Share it. <laughs> um, on Facebook, it has 313 likes or reactions and 120 shares. Uh, Damn. I'm not asking you this question because I, I'm bragging like, oh, look at my sister and look at her, look at her post. Exactly. Look how many people can relate to this. Look how many people found these words to be honest and true. Look how many people shared their thoughts and their feelings on this post. You know, and I'm looking at it right real. now. I, I wanted to and follow along as you were reading it. And I'm I, am in- <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking at the comments and I see this someone please translate this in Tongan fact. Yeah. And then the reply, yes, and have it on all the Tongan Lepio programs online. <laughs> Say it loud for the people in the back. But like even there's people that are like, oh my gosh, like this needed to be translated so even the fobs <laughs> that can't comprehend can like get it better. Mm in you know what they can comprehend um because it's so true like it's such a statement that needed to be said so i'm proud of you girl yes mika but you know there's also some comments that say stuff like 
uh, people who aren't Tongan, but they'll say, oh, wow, you know, every Tongan that I've encountered has been so sweet yeah. to me. I'm like, this is they stuff that you won't they, see, yeah. that Tongans won't They're show you. They're fake as hell. They probably hate you, too, to be honest. It's not just Black people. <laughs> they right. They, as soon as they drove away, they was talking shit about you. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're... I think... <laughs> I think Tongans forget that they're um, people of color as well. Yes. Actually, that's, I'm just saying we all have the same fate. Yes. Um, like if we were all back then. Mm -hmm. Vika, I did want to. I did want to ask you a question because obviously you saw a lot. You saw you saw quite a few people that that didn't agree. Um, I just want to know what were some of the comments? What were some of the the stories that were shared with you? One of the first messages I got was actually from my cousin Annie. Hi, Annie. She had messaged me and I'm I'm gonna read it. Annie, I'm gonna read your comment now. Exposed, <laughs> just kidding. We miss you. Yes. We love um, you, Annie. She said, if that if that first line ain't true, unfortunately that I've oh sorry. <laughs> what is what is English? This is what I get for talking shit about Tongans and their English. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my cousin Annie said, if that first line ain't the truth. Unfortunately, I felt that from our own family at your wedding. I legit wanted to cry. Um, and then we just went on and on. I already, when she sent me that message, I already knew who she was talking about because these people and our family are just, they've always been super, I don't know, I want to stop saying racist. They've been super prejudiced to those who have darker skin. And I, that goes a across the board for like all older Tongans. They believe that beauty is in lighter skin. And if you have dark skin, that means you're dirty or again, you're you're not as beautiful. Right. And you know, um, <laughs> they, I feel because they associate a black skin with dirty because of how even the words in Tongan if you say like black skin, it's uli uli. But if you say um, dirty in Tongan, you'd be like uli. So I feel like they, that's in in their head, they kind of like, it goes hand in hand, like darker skin is dirty. Which is so sad. Um, sorry, I'll start another gist of a message that I received. Um, I received it from a Tongan woman who was just saying that... Um, when she got pregnant at 16, she was so scared because she thought her family was going to kill her because, again, she's 16 and she got pregnant. Um, and it ended up, that ended up not being the problem. The problem was that her baby's father was, who he's not even African-American, he's from Panama, um, but he has dark skin. And so her baby having dark skin, that was the bigger issue in her family's eyes, other than being a teenager, having a kid. Um, and I think her her oldest is like in his, well in his twenties now. Um, and, and she has three kids and they're all dark skinned and, and so beautiful. Um, just last week, she had to cut off one of her aunties because they made fun of her youngest's uh, hair oh so, wow so yeah she yeah she just said again it hasn't gotten better even all these years later they they claim to love their kids right but they still continue to make jokes about the way they look 
and she just thanked me for standing up and saying what I said. And then she said, never stop. And I won't. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop, get guap. Hey. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh, we're on the perfect topic. Polynesians, addressing Polynesians specifically, that how much we like to take, take, take from the black culture. Mm-hmm. Using the N-word. Uh, I've never used that word before. The music, <laughs> dancing, all yes. the stuff that we'll take from the black culture. Uh, right. Island uh, music, you know, like the island hip reggae hip hop mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm, that, that part and like mm. but so we'll take from the black culture but then w- w- we when it comes to these issues that they're blind or they're or they feel they, that they're better than the black people yeah and like and it's okay for them to use the n-word you know like no our people did not go through what they went through because what they went through to and and now we you know we we immigrated here you know, Polynesians immigrated here. And like you guys were saying earlier, um, mm-hmm. the black people went through suffering. And because of that, when we came here, we didn't have to go through that. Right. Imagine, yeah. you know, it, it would have been a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so we can never feel what they feel. We'll, we'll never feel what they feel. We can never feel, um, and, and and all we can do is love and have compassion and understand, um, try to understand, but we'll never know what they went through. Right. That actually, Sean, that made me think of, um, that made me think of just so many of our, our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, uh, if it's been a while, that, that came here to this country from Tonga trying to make a better life for themselves and, and for their kids. And... It, it made me think of what we're doing right now for for us that that are protesting that are speaking up about this we're just trying to make a better life for ourselves for our kids for our family why is that a problem and another thing that i that i really liked from from Vika's post um was actually shared by by andy and if you don't know who andy is right um she's a fijian princess um <laughs> but uh what she shared in one of the in, in the comments, it it said, "I absolutely love the Tongan culture, but I will say that one thing I heard a lot growing up was that Tongan girls were told to stay oh out my of gosh. the sun to avoid yes. getting too dark." And just that Tongan right girls. There, that just that spoke to me on on volumes because <laughs> I've been told this and I've I've felt so insecure um, about that. Um, I remember even looking at. Do you want me to tell them, sis? I mean, honestly, I can't tell them how you feel, but. No, I just, um. I remember looking at, uh, like, school pictures of when I was younger and, um. And ripping them up. I remember ripping up a, a specific family picture of me and my siblings in in, in front of them. We took a picture in our church clothes, and I remember looking at Jocelyn and, and looking at Bika, and and maybe it was a camera quality. I'm gonna blame it on the camera quality, but. I was just, I was so dark in that picture. 
and I felt so ugly. And um, I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of me not wanting to be in pictures or and stuff like that. I think it 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 stems from the insecurities that I felt when I was younger of being uh, of being dark, and um, and that's because I love soccer. I love sports. I love playing outside, and um, it's it's hard to avoid the sun. When when you love to when you love to be a kid and 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 go to the beach, I remember being told no, um, and a lot of that stuff has um, has played a, a big part of um, of how I how of how I see myself and I just when I read that it it really struck a chord with me, and it it's concerning to to see how other girls have. Um, responded to that and, and can relate because it, it just makes me so sad that that anyone would be treated that way by by their own culture and um whew, I'm sorry y'all but um that's just another reason why I'm gonna continue to be a voice and I'm gonna continue to to stand up against racism within within our culture because this next generation needs to know that they're beautiful any shape or color i think it also speaks on uh the way our culture needs to change with with uh actually no i'm I'm not going to mention anything about mental health or um body shaming but sorry um um after i posted that um or Sorry. Um, after I posted um, that, that picture and everything, my mom texted me and she just told me like, Pika, I know, I know what you're trying to do. So I have cried so much these last almost two weeks. <laughs> um, my mom had texted me and she told me, um, she's like, I know, I know what you're trying to say, but just, just leave these people alone. Leave, leave these Tongan people alone. Um, sorry, and that made me the most upset. <laughs> um, she just, my mom said, it's not worth uh, getting in an argument with people on Facebook. And these Tongan people, they don't see what you see. They're never going to change. And again, it's not worth getting worked up on and you just have to leave them alone because she saw my, I'm sure she saw my comments on uh, her relatives that I uh, <laughs> uh, spoke up about or commented on their post. And I love my mom to death and I know she means well. And obviously um, the way she was brought up Obviously, it's hard to change your mindset, especially when you're so traditional. And I told her as respectfully as I could that I will never, ever stop sticking up or standing up against racism, especially for my own family, no more. Um, and... I just explained again how my cousin Annie, the way her family made her, her their own 
flesh and blood feel at my own wedding. Vika, can you please share the story of of why she felt the way she felt? There's a a specific experience um, that made her feel that way. Uh, Sorry, guys. This is so long. Um, This is good. Yeah. Okay, that works. This is what needs to be said. I don't even think that I explained that Annie was half black (laughs) in the beginning. But um, so I asked Annie who specifically, even though I already knew, I specifically asked her what happened and who it was. And so she brought up her uncle and how he like refused to acknowledge her. She did a taolunga at my wedding, which... Again, going back to culture, they kept telling her, no, she can't because my other cousin needed to because it is my uncle. It's supposed to be the the men of my family supposed to be representing, not the women. Or from from the sister's end, they shouldn't be representing. Um, But again, I'm sorry, it was my wedding and I, Annie is my sister. So I said, she's dancing, I don't care. My family asked, or my other cousins had asked my uncle if he would just do her introduction for her taolunga, and he refused. Again, that whole day, even he did not say a single word to her. And um, so, yeah, she shared that story. Um, Thankfully, I have never liked this uncle of mine. I told my mom I did not want him at my wedding. And I I just laugh because I just can hear the the people that the other Tongans that may listen I can just already feel your cringiness of this because it's so disrespectful to talk so negatively about your family or even just talk about negative things in general just having a difference of opinion is considered disrespectful but you know it's disrespectful treating your own flesh and blood like this all you racist ass all people i cannot with you i'm sorry and the conversation that me and my mom just had i i was sobbing because i was so frustrated sorry um i like sent this whole long thing to my mom we kept going back and forth but i sent this my last and final long text message she like immediately responded and said okay you're right i love you and i'm like no i know you did not even read <laughs> what I'm trying to say and why, why I am so passionate about this. Um, and I, I hit her with the, uh, so, so she asked that I stop talking negatively about our heritage. Um, and like, sorry, um, no. <laughs> and, and then I just went into the tongue, the, the part of the tongue culture that I, I do enjoy was, or that I have always personally practiced, I feel is seeing my, my first cousins as my siblings. I've never had a problem with that. Um, and so I told her, again, you told me, you taught me to stick up for for my siblings, for my family. Well, th- this is our family. I'm going to stick up for Annie and her brother, MJ. And I'll be damned if anyone, if anything ever happens to them. Even just like the thought of, of anything like this happening to them anyway sorry i'm sorry that was so long uh, anyways no tongan people i will not shut up i will not be silent um i'm sorry i'm so disrespectful and i i know i'm like a disgrace to the culture but i really don't give a shit at the end of the day this is the thing i i love i, lo- I love my culture i i love i love my family but 
this is why we're speaking up about these things because we are Tongan Americans and we have different views on life. We see things differently. We respect and honor things differently. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing that all Polynesians need to hear is your um, honesty doesn't need to sorry, be made. Sorry, I, I saw this post earlier that voice. said the guilty cry the loudest when confronted with the truth. And I feel like that applies here on all levels, here within our culture, here everywhere. Um, sorry, sorry, boys. Y'all, y'all, y'all take the floor. <laughs> Actually, sorry. Before I, before I hand this back to, to the boys, I just wanted to say, while we're sharing these um, these honest opinions and, and our thoughts and feelings on, on what we're trying to do for Black Lives Matter, um, one thing that doesn't sit well with me is the fact that, that men, that Tongan men, find the need to question our actions, our behavior, simply because we have an opinion on something that we're passionate about. And if you're out there doing this, you're part of the problem. This is why, this is the thing. If, if you're going to, if you're going to check other people, if you're going to check white people on their privilege, if you're going to call people out for being racist, hold your own, hold your own responsible too. That's that's all I have to say on that. Y'all said everything like it breaks my heart um, to see what, you know, like you're saying, someone that that's my sister, brothers, like are going through with um, their own parents. And like you guys are sharing that exact same experience. It's just, yeah, I'm just overwhelmed with the emotion because everything that we, everything that was discussed, everything you, you, you went through, everything you guys are feeling um, valid 100%. And there was so much wrongs that happened through all of that based off of racism, like in our culture. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of this needs to be unlearned. And it's something that we, I, I don't want to say taught, but I want to say it's something that's been engraved in us uh, when we were growing up. Um, that dark skin mm-hmm. didn't have as much as importance or didn't look good than light skin light skin does no exactly that um that's just that's just the root of it all you know um i i wanted to ask uh, a question to both george and and sean them being um half polynesian half white um as far as the the generational divide have you ever been treated differently from you know the ogs like because you are a lighter skin color do you feel as if you were treated differently from the ogs and from people your age like did they did the ogs view you um as more handsome because you were lighter and did maybe your your cousins or your the friends your age oh, treat you differently because like you. you were white and we you know no. were brown <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no, for sure. Like, yes, yes to soul. all of that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, like being uh, a half-white boy, you know, oh, so cute, so handsome, like, oh, so talavo, all that. I'm not trying to, like, uh, you know, put myself up. I'm just saying. Uh, and at the end of the day, I don't care. I know exactly like, what you mean, I notice yeah. it, but I'm not. 
it's I'm not oppressed. I that is not the message here. Um, but yeah, I do see it. I definitely see it, and I felt it growing up with like uh, kids my age. You know, going to the Polynesian ward, um, the Tongan ward, and it was something that people made fun of or like brought up as like a joke. And I'm like, you know, but okay. Well, anyway, I'd say, yeah. yes. sorry, go ahead. Um, to echo you, Sean, I'd say very much the same that a lot of the OGs will always call me handsome and all of that simply because I'm fair skinned. Um, and kind of echoing my point earlier, a lot of them just think I'm white and they think we can marry a white boy um, or just white, I should say, because um, I am white. Um, and so, yeah, they, they think she married just a, a straight white boy and it's so cute and they're going to have some white babies. But yeah, no, I, and, and thank you guys for sharing that. I just, I know we are going a little bit off topic, but I, I just wanted to get more um of a of a different perspective on on racism because it, it's not just you know it, it's not just one-sided but at the end of the day the only the only thing that we're you know just really trying to say is um you know what's been said over and over it's okay to unlearn things um i think it's so important because we love our culture so much and the the passion that we have behind just acceptance for people of all colors is literally the only message that we're, we're trying to convey and it might be blunt and it might be a little harsh sometimes but at the end of the day we're really mm -hmm. just trying to better our futures better our culture better our mentality and mindset moving forward and with that being said uh as it was shared earlier vika george sean and i uh because we because we live here in utah unfortunately Fatty wasn't able to join us, which I know he would have given the opportunity, given the chance. But we were able to participate in a peaceful protest here in, in, in Orem, Utah. And the empowerment that I felt kind of putting my, my words into action, being there, being able to support th this movement, it, it really touched me. And my personal, my personal experience with it, I'll tell you what, the first few minutes we were standing out on the corner waving and and showing our signs, um, there, were, there was an older black gentleman driving by and seeing the tears on his face and watching him roll down his window to put his fist in the air. That just, it made me feel like what I'm doing is right. But yes, I stand behind peaceful protests and allowing your voice to be heard and your words and signs to be shared. Um, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? Um. I, I was there uh, at that that same moment that you you just explained, and I I, I will never forget that moment. Um, it will be instilled in my my brain forever, my mind forever, my heart forever. Witnessing that, as well as other um, black members of our community that were driving by thanking us out their windows as they drove by and, and honking, putting their fists up and, and, uh, you know, heart showing heart signs with their hands through the window. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget any of that uh, ever. And it will outweigh anything that, uh, my own family can, can try to fight me with. 
um mm-hmm. when, when I, I i i've had enough of you know what's the wrongs that's going on because it's it why, how can we be proud how can we be a, a proud a proud country you know and like mm-hmm. this is a country that was built off protesting this is a country that was built off a revolution this is a country that that protesting is in its history and any major change and and growth has come through some type of protest and to think that um literally fighting for freedom yeah and to and to think that and and injustice and wrongs you know whether whatever the issue is throughout history there's always been protesting in america and um right now this issue is has gone on for too long america needs to protest you know like America needs to get out what what they're feeling, what the people are feeling, and like welcome. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is it just we're... comes down to being on the right side of history. Yeah, and and then the other thing too, um, I will say, at, at more prominent ever than ever ever in my life have have I felt through all this is the power and importance of voting. When petitions are signed and they hit their goals, they go to the government. You know, like when you're out here protesting, it's to it's it's so the government officials can that you've elected can feel your pain or feel your frustration or feel your anger. And if the people you put in in office or the people that you allow to get put because you didn't go out and Mm -hmm. make your change and make your vote count. And people people think that it's on a presidential level is where it'll begin. The president, well, this president to begin with, don't give a damn about you. So whoever is in that, is in the White House, yes, they they can do so much, but it's the local elections that you should be paying attention to. Just the way you do with the presidential election, you need to be focusing on your local leaders because when something goes down, it happens, and it happens in your area. They are the ones that are going to be responding to whatever is happening. So, yes, they're the ones who are going to be empowered to make the change that's going to affect your life. Exactly. Yes, it's on. It is. It, it, you hit it right on the head. That's on every level. Um, look at how many governors came out. You know, that's on the state level. That that the government governors are coming out condemning what they've witnessed and um, mayors coming out of their own cities condemning what they've witnessed. Uh, So it really is on every level um, and the things that you're going to see in your own community. And then from there, it starts, you know, on more levels than just the big one, the president. Right. And that's, and that's why there are signs that say, um, your silence speaks volumes because here we are with elected officials that we know where they stand. They've made their point clear. They've supported and they've raised awareness towards the, towards the movement. And then there are those that haven't really said much or have just released a a generalized statement. You know, those are the ones that you need to think about when you're in, when you're in jeopardy, when something goes wrong, you know, will they really have my back like they say they do? One thing that um, I thought was really interesting 
Um, a lot of us, we had signs that said Black Lives Matter. My sign said being Black is not a crime. You know, j- just a lot of signs with the word Black on there. We did, of course, receive a, a little bit of hate from, from people that had been driving by. Um, and particularly, there was a, there, or there were a few cars that sat at the red light. And then when the light turned green, they then decided to share their thoughts as they were driving away from us, yelling Trump or, or Trump 2020. But that... That made me curious to think, you know, why would that be your first reaction when you see the word black? Why aren't you yelling all lives matter at us? Why aren't you yelling blue lives matter or, you know, just anything else? Why was that the first thing that came to your mind? Um, and, and for me, that that just that, that made me realize people's perspective on the word black makes them instantly think of our president and thinking that we're speaking out against him or that they are just too naive and, and too ignorant to, to know what this movement is really about. Um, but that's, that's just something that I, that I found interesting. That was during the protest. I never thought of it that way. Well, Tim, he, yeah, he ain't got no balls until he want to drive away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this, that particular, there's like a particular Jeep, um, we were standing, we were, we were standing right on the corner and there was a, a Jeep filled with, there was a Jeep with three uh, white, they looked like they were white, te- they were white teenage boys is what they looked like. And they, they had their Jeep windows, their roof, everything was off the Jeep. So uh, they saw us on the street corner and instead of coming into our lane, they decided to switch lanes at the, right when the red light was approaching. And they were turning their music up really loud. And then as soon as the light turned green, they stepped on the gas and, and then decided to start yelling while there were other cars or people in their way. Say it to our face. That's all I Yeah, have. like the whole red light, you if were you're gonna quiet. Be that yeah. But they were looking out the corner of their eyes. They would not look over at us. They, they refused. <laughs> They're not about they that life. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Be about it. Mm-hmm. And there were other trucks, too, that, that purposely slowed their trucks down once they got to the peaceful protesters for the most part and then they decided to like slam on the slam on the gas and let their exhaust their smoke clouds fill up um it covered all of the protesters yeah and they're just i don't know how to describe yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> no yeah they, and they kept cold. driving around and around doing it and you know what the lord must have been <sighs> guiding them away from us because they did not come to our corner because they know we did not need that. <laughs> the Lord wanted me to keep my purple headed class. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying like we're not condoning we're not condoning um violence but at the same time you, <laughs> this is this is my thing. If you are brave enough to do that to people that are literally just standing there just trying to speak their peace, don't expect people not to do something about that. That's all. Mind you, mm-hmm. that's it. In the protests, we did not stop traffic. We obeyed all city and state laws towards, you know, a right to assembly. Like there was none, none of that going on. And they rolled right. cold us. Well, I wasn't there when they rolled cold, but. Uh, the best. Oh, oh, is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. so you're really familiar oh. with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was late. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. That's why he didn't come around. <laughs> I think like uh, one of the saddest parts was that this one car did come by and 
they briefly stopped and this girl yelled out the window and said, hey, we just want you guys to know that there's a couple cops just parked down there. Like, Oh my gosh. You say yes. And it was just crazy that they felt the need to warn us yes. about that. Which, again, we were doing nothing wrong, but mm-hmm. people are aware that sometimes cops are intimidated by the voices of the people. And thankfully, shout out to the Orem PD because I feel like they are, they have been super vocal and are allowing, again, people to stay there. Yeah, they really and are. Same with Provo PD. For the most part, we had a lot of support and a lot of people honk for us, um, wave at us, uh, almost crash their car trying to record us. Seriously. <laughs> um, literally going 10 miles per hour on a green light, just trying to take a picture of our side, um, which is flattering. Um, as long as you, you know, support, we're, we're happy to, to pose for you. Do you have any other thoughts to share on this? <laughs> Don't be a racist. Change systematic racism. I, I, I mean, like, oh. in, on this topic. Oh, no. Believe <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're, we're, we're almost done. Ready. We're almost done. I'm never coming back. We're, we're almost done, I swear. This kitchen table for this <laughs> but did he say yeah, any lies, um, though? <laughs> that part. No, if you don't mind me asking, um, is there anything going on in Florida that that you've seen as far as uh, the protests? How do you how do you think Florida is handling it? I honestly, I'm actually kind of proud of Florida because you know we have a bad rep, um, mm-hmm. but Florida actually has been coming together, um, and I think they're doing it peacefully. They're not like. You know, nothing has been, I mean, there has, I, I, I can't deny it. There has been some stuff, like, I heard that a cop got his, like, like, which is something I don't support. I don't support police brutality, and I don't support uh, people killing cops as well. I feel for the most part, Florida has been really cooperative and then, and coming together. And, well, even where I live, there was um, two different protests. And um, I actually, I shared this with uh, Hamoni Nima through text message, but I wanted to go to the protest so bad, but I was so scared Um, only because I do help out my family a lot. And um, I'm not like, if something were to happen to me, um, I know that they couldn't, like, they wouldn't be able to handle anything. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing that was going through my head, but I was battling myself. I'm like, I really want to go. I want to go. And I realize uh, me being scared of like going to a place to protest um, or going out in public uh, because there might be cops there is something that black people um, are scared of just leaving their house. I wish I would have went. Mm -hmm. And like, if there's another protest, uh, I definitely want to go to it. I, I, just because you don't go to a protest doesn't mean you don't support it. There are a lot of people that um, love to put, you know, themselves out there and and participate. But at the same time, there's also the realization of of other things happening. Sometimes people, you know, have uh, there's a global pandemic still going on that people have, you know, seem to have forgotten about. So, you know, there, there's a lot of different reasons why people aren't able to or can't protest. And that's completely fine. And that actually segues into, you know, our, our final question. A lot of people are asking themselves, how can I help, you know? There are so many different ways to 
um, to support Black Lives Matter. There's actually a blacklivesmatter.com website, um, which is the official website for Black for BLM. There's actually a donate button on the home screen when you enter the website uh, where you can donate any amount. I also think it's important just to to speak out and to teach your children, teach your young kids about racism, about diversity, about equality. Um, there are children's books out there. You are you're never alone in in this fight. There's there's resources everywhere. I'd say um, coming from a white perspective, two of the biggest ways that you can help contribute and push for change is one, listen, first and foremost, listen to the black community, listen to what they're asking, listen to what they're feeling, empathize with them. Um, and two, use your voice, vote. Um, if you're not able to vote, you can still attend protests. Um, but like Vika said earlier, vote for local officials from your city, your county, your state, all the way up to voting for the president. Um, Senate, House of Reps, like every level of government needs to be well suited with good hearted people that aren't racist. And I think yes. it's really important to start calling out people who are racist. Um, actually, there's um, I didn't realize that there was a lot of racist people in my ward, my family ward. And they were very vocal about wearing masks. But when it comes to like Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter, they don't even see like why right. that would be important. And like, I'm like, you guys were just arguing about wearing masks in the store, but you guys aren't arguing about people protesting for to live. So I think it's really important to start calling people out. Vika's already on top of that, so. What I want to say is don't let anyone try to tell you anything. Just kidding. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are criticizing uh, the way people are choosing to support the Black community. Um, don't be, first of all, don't be one of those people. And don't let those people stop you from doing what you want to do. If you want to go out and protest, and that's all you do, that's fine. If you want to spread awareness to your family or to your followers, that's fine too. If you want to donate, sign your petitions, find other ways to um, support the Black community, that's fine too. Uh, but please, please, please do not be one of those people who are criticizing the work that is being done. Um, and this is mostly I, I personally have seen um, the most criticism the most criticism coming from people who are not black. It's people who it's talking people again, um, and then it's also just people who are just trying to challenge who can do more as well. Um, and yeah. at the end of the day, if you know in your heart you've done all you can, that's what matters. So do what you got to do and. Black lives matter. Period. Period. I like Vika said. I don't want to try to um, repeat. You know, a lot of uh, messages I have already been are closing remarks and and closing thoughts of of what we're uh, speaking on today. Um, I don't want to repeat a lot, even though they are one hundred percent accurate, valid, and um, important. Um, what I would say is for every 
um, if you, you know, you went through this whole podcast and you're here at the end um, and you still have a, a different, you know, you still are, are wanting to stay all lives matter and, and wanting to argue with um, the movement and, and the, the injustice and, and the racism at hand. Um, I challenge you for every day that every uh, if you're going to post one post or you're going to go post a thousand posts that day about all lives matter or blue lives matter or um, what whatever it is that you're going to try to try to come back with um, against Black Lives Matter. Every day you're going to do that. I challenge you to either an, uh, a Jane Elliott experiment or a documentary about black uh, injustice and racism. Um, there's plenty of out, plenty out there. We've already referenced uh, many through this um, through this podcast, and I just would challenge you that every day you're going to oppose it to uh, take the chance to maybe uh, see the perspective uh, see from a different lens and. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, and Black Lives Matter, and I will, I will, I won't stop saying it. I won't, I will never stop believing it until we truly, as a a, a country, as society, as as a world, can stop the, uh, using race um, against one another and and using um, skin color as um. As an excuse to treat yeah. people yeah. any differently. We're all damn, we're all here on the same damn earth trying to do the same damn thing. Live. <laughs> like, come on. Yep. Anyway, Black Lives Matter. That part. Um, before I end it, does anybody else have any final thoughts? Just wild thoughts. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, if you're racist, fuck you, bitch. I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not kidding. <laughs> he said what he said. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I agree with that everything part. that was said um, so far. I mean, I agree with everything that was said here and Black Lives Matter. George, any final words? Just support the change. Beyonce said, no more seeing people of color as less than human. We can no longer look away. And Queen. that is so true because we're not here to make, if you feel uncomfortable, it's okay. Because that's where all of this needs to start with the ones that are starting to feel uncomfortable. I feel like you're the ones that need to, to listen the most. We're not trying to be controversial. We're not trying to be disrespectful or rude. We're just trying to continue the conversation. Or in other words, just to try to start the conversation. We kind of we kind of dove into a lot of different things here. Uh, we started off with Black Lives Matter. Uh, we kind of confronted a lot of the racism within mm. our culture, within our everyday lives. Um, we confronted some things about just what our personal experiences have been on the matter. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we we shared a lot, and we we really went in on our thoughts and feelings but at the end of the day that's the most important thing because that's why we have this podcast this platform that's why it's called i said what i said with hamani nima um because we're not going to apologize for our truth we're not going to um censor ourselves to, to please others 
but I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I I hope you have enjoyed this season. And uh, on on behalf of myself and Hamoni Nima, um, Black Lives Matter. Stay tuned for um, some links uh, to different websites where you can vote, where you can donate. We're going to share some of the movies we referenced, just a lot of things that we referenced um, in this podcast on our social media channels. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Nima Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Nima. Once again, I'm Alexis Productions, and we, as Nima, are signing out on season two. Black, Black Lives Matter. Matter. Queen. <laughs>